You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, everybody, this afternoon to the PAC-12 media webinar to discuss the outcome of today's meeting with the PAC-12 CEO group to postpone the uh, fall, uh, the sports through the remainder of the calendar year. Uh, the participants today on the webinar is PAC-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, University of Oregon President Michael Schill, Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson, and Doug Dr. Doug Ackerman, the Oregon State Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine. Uh, the call will be hosted by Pac-12 Network's Yogi Roth and Ashley Adamson. Uh, they'll have a discussion here with the panel for about 15 minutes, and then we'll take questions from the media. At this time, I'd like to turn it over to Ashley and Yogi. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much. And a reminder that this is also streaming live on um, pac-12.com and Pac-12 Network right now. So hello to all of you watching. Commissioner Scott, we'll start with you. Um, obviously, a lot of detail in the press release that just went out, but can you kind of give us a big picture summary of the vote this morning and, and what all went into the decision to postpone sports through the end of the calendar year? Uh, yes, thank you. And thank you for those that are joining us here today. This was an extremely difficult and painful decision that we know will have important impacts on our student athletes, coaches, administrators, and our fans. And I know nothing that we can say will ease some of that disappointment, especially uh, for some of our seniors. But we're here today to announce the Pac-12 CEO group has decided to postpone all sport competition through the end of the 2020 calendar year. This decision was made after consultation with athletics directors, our coaches, football working groups, and with the Pac-12 COVID-19 Medical Advisory Committee, who expressed concern with moving forward with contact practice. After reviewing all the data and considering the alternatives, and having already delayed the start of our season and compressed our season, the CEO group was unanimous that this result, that this result and this decision uh, was necessary. Um, there were many aspects that were considered that fellow panelists will talk about uh, today. But you know, student athletes, you know, are not. We cannot bubble our student athletes uh, like pro sports can. We're part of broader campus communities. Student athletes are living with peer students um, on campus, uh, interacting, and um, uh, for the reasons that will be identified on here, you know, enough questions and concerns uh, had been raised that, uh, and, and answers we need, more time we need, that we didn't feel comfortable uh, moving forward. The health, safety, and well-being of our student athletes and all those connected to Pac-12 sports has from day one uh, been our top, top priority. And uh, that was the top priority today. Our student, the student athletes that'll be impacted by this, I wanna be clear, are going to have their scholarships guaranteed. Uh, and we're gonna strongly encourage the NCA to support that with some of their upcoming decisions as well when it comes to eligibility, time to complete uh, degrees, uh, and other related academic issues. And so with that, President Schill, I'd like to, to 
talk to you about, you know, you're the chair of the CEO group from the outside 11 days ago, you know, CEOs sign off on a, a plan for the football season to start in late September, September 26. Can you walk us through kind of what happened, whether it was the last week and a half or, you know, in the months leading up to today, take us inside and, and tell us kind of how that decision changed? Well, you know, as Larry said, our number one consideration all the way through is the health and safety of our student athletes. And we have been talking, you know, ever since this nightmare began back in the um, late winter, early spring, about what we would do and how we would approach this with regard to uh, intercollegiate athletics. And what we ended up uh, talking about in a really very good and collegial way, an inclusive way, we met with we met with students, we met with our, uh, our ADs constantly, our coaches, uh, with the medical advisory board. We listened to all of the views and we determined, as, as Larry indicated, that there's just too many questions. There's too much uncertainty right now uh, that we would feel comfortable uh, beginning contact sports. Uh, and so what we decided was that essentially what we would do is put a pause basically, uh, you know, sit until uh, 2021, uh, and we'll constantly be reassessing the data. One of the things that's really important is that, you know, we are science-based, right? We are, we're academics. We are going to be looking at facts, not just opinions. And, and that's something uh, that, that we're deeply committed to. At the same time, um, as Larry uh, said, we, we fully understand that this has had, this has tremendous human impacts. We have students whose dream it was to play this year. Uh, and that dream, at least in the fall, is not going to happen. Uh, we have, you know, families, we have uh, coaches, uh, we have all sorts of people who are hoping that we'd be able to do this. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we delayed our decision until now, because we wanted to really give it the best shot and, but in the end, we looked at the, the recent cardiac evidence that Dr. Ackerman is going to talk about. We looked at uh, spread, which was increasing in some of our areas. We looked at government uh, directives. And we just said, there's too many questions, too much uncertainty. So we will continue to assess and hopefully we'll be playing in the spring. And with that said, Dr. Ackerman, I want to follow up with you. It's been very clear since the beginning of this that the return to sports would be guided by the Medical Advisory Committee, a committee that you guide and you're a big part of. How did you get to the place in the agreement that it's not safe to move forward with the season, the timeline that we just referenced? Yeah, we've been fortunate. We've had, you know, 24 really dedicated physicians and infectious disease experts and, and more recently, um, some additional um, sports cardiology experts join our group. Um, and, and we've meet, you know, at least two hours a week and talk, and we've been doing that continuously for, for some time. The, you know, as we move closer towards the, the, date where we were to begin contact practice, we were um, you know, really concerned with a couple items. And one is that coronavirus is still very prevalent in many of our institutional communities. And um, by metrics that are out there is not considered to be well controlled or uncontrolled at this time. 
The other issue is that, that there is some emerging data in, about some health risks um, that affect athletes and specifically the cardiac you know, side effects of, of potential COVID infections that we don't know enough about. And so we became more concerned about that. And that's kind of how we began to start looking at, you know, how, how can we make sure that we provide the safest opportunity, the safest environment for our student athletes to compete and to exercise when, when social distancing can no longer be maintained. Um, and we're essentially by going into a contact season, asking them right now to disregard a lot of the guidelines, both federally and locally from the health department and the CDC, to socially distance and, and physically distance to, to decrease the spread of this disease. And instead, you know, playing contact sports, we know is a condition where it's going to be higher risk of spread. Well said. And Ray, in your chair, you're around so many student athletes. I think about seniors, 50 year seniors going into this year. Um, how are you going to communicate to them what's going on? And what is, I know it's early, but what, what do you think the next step may be for your student athletes on campus? Well, we're going to gather with all of our student athletes and coaches to talk about where we are. More importantly, we hope to educate them even more uh, completely about the, the, the steps that went into us finally getting here. All of us want to play sports. Every student athlete, oh, by the way, it's not just football. There's soccer and there's volleyball and there's cross country uh, and there's wrestling and there are other sports who are, are preparing now who will be impacted by this decision. Uh, but as uh, President Shiel and Commissioner uh, Scott said, from day one, uh, when this thing first broke back on, uh, uh, what was it, March 11th, uh, it was our duty to look to the health and safety of our student athletes. And we knew from the beginning, and particularly as we got educated along the way, that this virus is going to be very fluid. Uh, so we were going to be dictated uh, and really guided by the science and the medicine. Uh, so as it has moved along, we tried to uh, make adjustments, uh, to uh, change schedules, uh, 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 make adjustments with workouts. We want to play in the worst way, but not at the risk of the health and safety. So with the inconsistencies uh, uh, in the, the virus and then with this additional information coming out that says you just don't have enough to make decisions, particularly going into contact sports with these young men and women to put them at risk. Uh, and as athletic directors and medical folks and uh, uh, presidents and chancellors and coaches uh, and office uh, commissioner uh, on the way down, we're just not going to do that. Now, we want to hold out hope that we have postponed, but we have not canceled. Uh, and we're going to hold out hope that things will change and we will be able to go into competition. Uh, so as an athletic director in this conference, and speaking for my colleagues, we're very proud of the way we've proceeded in this. And, and, I, and, I, and I do trust that our student athletes and our coaches and their families are, are confident that we have done this with their interests in mind from day one and will continue to do so, led by the science and the medicine uh, with the great input from Dr. Ackerman and others in this conference. You know, Ray, to follow up on that, I think there's a lot of people that would say that the heart of this is maybe a liability issue and that given the chance, there's plenty of student athletes who would gladly sign a liability waiver for a chance to play this season. Why, why isn't that an option? It's not an option because our responsibilities are not about liabilities. Our responsibility is about 
uh, accountability uh, to these student athletes and their families uh, short and long term. Uh, so we can't waive uh, our duties and obligation to protect them driven by the science and the medicine. Uh, we're not driven by lawyers who say, well, we'll relieve you of liability. Uh, that's not what floats the boat in this conference. So we have responsibilities and accountability. And so the science and the medicine says, we cannot allow you to go forward right now. So we won't. Uh, there are a lot of, I, I hear this talk about, you know, we'll, we'll, sign, a we'll sign a waiver. Uh, we want to play so badly. Coaches talking about, we've got to play. Well, we don't have to play until it's safe and we can uh, literally guarantee the health and safety of our student athletes, not just now, but their lives going forward because we don't know the impacts going forward. And until we have more clarity, we're not going to go forward. That's where we are. So the liability thing, other folks can talk about that. We're about accountability and responsibility to our student athletes. Speaking of that, Commissioner Scott, I'm sure every athlete watching football, of course, is saying, all right, so are we going to play in the spring? And then do we play in the fall again? You know, what are the next steps towards potentially playing in 2021, one season, let alone a one full season and a shortened season? Well, we know the situation is going to, going to improve. We're optimistic, you know, when and how and when the conditions are right, that everyone feels comfortable moving to contact practice and then thinking about. Uh, season starting are really all que question marks at the moment. So like we've done every step along the way that Ray talked about, we're going to continue to monitor, we're going to continue to evaluate, and when the conditions improve, which we're confident they will, uh, then we're going to evaluate what we can do in terms of all sports, not just football. Uh, but it's clear, you know, based on the medical um, ad advice, recommended we don't start with contact practice. Our ADs, football coaches, others came together and felt that we're not gonna be able to start football and our fall Olympic sports on time as planned, which was already delayed, September 26th. And it's important to give clarity to student athletes. This has been a time of great uncertainty and great anxiety uh, for everyone. So we also feel a responsibility based on all the trends that we've seen to try to give some of that certainty and clarity. And that's why we've said not before. January 1st, so people can plan, you know, emotionally, psychologically, as well as uh, physically. Um, and we've got a lot of work to do, and we don't have every question answered right now. So um, we're going to dig back in, our athletics directors, football coaches, football working group, others, peers from other conferences, uh, to continue our scenario planning. All along, I think we said, you know, we've got scenario A, B, C, D, and E, and we moved from scenario A to scenario B. Uh, in July, when we went to conference-only 10-game schedule, and now, you know, we're moving to an, another scenario. But what that looks like, uh, we've got more work to do. Uh, but know that as soon as we feel comfortable uh, and that it's, it's safer, and some of these questions are answered where we feel more comfortable, as soon as that's possible, we're going to want to play. And there obviously are a lot more questions. I know a lot of media members are standing by waiting to ask those questions. So last thing for me would be for you, Dr. Ackerman. You look at the news coming out of the other Power Five conferences, even this morning, and there's a lot of conflicting information. Obviously, the Big Ten arrived at the same conclusion that you all did, but the SEC and ACC are in, in a different boat as of right now. So I'd just love to ask how much information sharing or collaboration has taken place between the different medical advisory groups between the conferences and 
Is there an explanation for why there could be so much disparity in how everyone is sort of interpreting the data right now? Well, each of the med, you know, Power Five conference medical groups did interact once a week for the last couple of months on, on a working group. And so there has been some discussion about um, the issues and concerns, but you know, I, I can't speak as to how they're gonna deliberate and come to their final conclusions or, or thought processes. What I can say is that um, that, that our infectious disease and public health doctors and sports cardiologists, consultants, as well as our physicians have, have really taken a lot of time and, and effort in this thought process. We all would love to see sports as much as anyone else, but we want to see it done in, in a very safe manner. And it just became really evident to us that as we looked at the, the prevalence of, of coronavirus in our communities of the Pac-12, as we looked at traveling and the logistics of some of our sports traveling commercially, and as we looked at um, making sure that, that uh, we could stop the spread of coronavirus if somebody, either a staff member or an athlete, got it, that, uh, that, that once we started becoming more concerned about some of the side effects of, and some of the other health outcomes that we don't know what the short and long-term consequences are yet, that we felt that, that we have to shift to a, a, a mindset of not just trying to stop spread, but we need to be able to identify and remove anybody who has coronavirus right away. And, and that becomes incredibly difficult when you're in a community where the spread is not controlled um, or if it's not under, under some type of avail ability to mitigate it. Because our student athletes are our students and you know, they're gonna go to the grocery store, they're gonna go to restaurants, they're gonna interact with the community and we want them to. It's not appropriate to think that we can bubble them um, and isolate them um, and, and Therefore, we just we felt that the that it was just very very difficult to try and do this in a, a way that we felt was safe enough for our student athletes that that we would support. And President Schill, before we turn it over to the media, I'd like to follow up with you. Take us inside the room with the other CEOs. I mean, th this is a big deal. This decision, it's a historic deal. H how was it discussed, and how was you know the burden of the responsibility to make that decision? dealt with with you and the, the fellow colleagues? We, we have been discussing it for months now, uh, you know, what we were going to be doing this year. And we, we all know each other quite well. And so the, it was, you know, people were sad uh, that, that we are unable to go forward with the season. People were looking forward to it and, not just because it's fun, but because of all the reasons why we support student athletes. Uh, and, and so we, and we realized that this was going to be a big disappointment. So, but one of the things that we was very important was and has been important. I mean, the PAC 12, we view ourselves as, you know, a perhaps the most progressive of the conferences were, uh, we, we think ahead, we, we care deeply about the student experience and about student welfare, and, we're com and we always put that number one. And so we went into today's meeting, we all knew we were going to be together, and we knew that we, we wanted it to be unanimous, and, and it was unanimous. Um, and, and so there was no big drama, there were no fights, there were no disagreements, probably the biggest disagreement that we had was over the wording of the press release. Uh, and, 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 you know, should a the be an uh or something like that? 
but we're all in this together and we all recognize you know when when we're on the field we're going to compete as hard as we can with each other but when we're back in our offices and thinking about you know what we care about the most we're together I appreciate that sentiment. I know Yogi and I have already gone over our time. So we, uh, we thank the four of you for being here today. I know the media has a lot of questions. We will turn it back over to Dave Hirsch, uh, who will mediate that part of the session. But thank you to you all. All right, thanks, Ashley and Yogi. Uh, at this time, uh, we will take questions from the media. If you have a question, please select the raised hand icon on your screen to get uh, placed into the queue. Uh, up first, we'll go to Dennis Dodd. Dennis, your line's open. Dennis, you need to unmute your line. Try one more time for Dennis. Okay, we'll go to the next question. Uh, come from James Crepia. James, go ahead. Thank you for uh, President Schill, uh, Ray, and Larry. If a football player or any player in the fall sports in particular, they come to you, they ask you, what should I do right now? Are they obligated to, is there obligated team activities right now? What's next for them, regardless of what the Division One Council says tomorrow and decides on eligibility and opting out and all these things, what's next for an athlete at your schools or in your conference, Larry? Um, I, can, I can go first and then others uh, can chime in. Um, you know, the, uh, the student athletes are going to continue to receive their scholarship and uh, support from their universities. Each campus athletics director, athletics department uh, with coaches will decide exactly what that, that looks like, uh, but we are deeply committed uh, to continue to support our student athletes. I think technical answer is they'll be able to continue in the, in, in the 20 hours, it's permissive, uh, but I think all of our uh, uh, campuses and programs now need to go back and look at what's in the best interest of the student athletes in terms of supporting them. And I'll say, you know, in addition to what Larry said, uh, remember that the reason this takes place in universities is the, these are our student athletes are getting an education. And so, this provides them with an opportunity to really focus even more on the classwork during this period, get ahead, and we will play again. Uh, the, but you know, we, we feel very strongly that we want, we want to support our student athletes and we want each one of them to graduate with a degree from each of our schools. Okay, our next question, we'll go back to Dennis. Dennis, your line is open. All right, can you hear me okay? Go ahead. Okay, uh, th this is for Ray. What, um, Ray, I just thought of this. What, what are the potential um, implications of teams coming, transferring, coming after your players and, and any players in the Pac-12 if comp there are conferences that are playing and you're not? Well, we, uh, we don't know if they're going to play uh, or not. What we uh, believe, Dennis, is we made the decision that's in the best interest of our student-athletes uh, in their experience, uh, I think our coaches are very confident. Uh, our medical folks are very confident. Uh, our FARs are very confident. I think all of us are confident that we made a decision with our presidents and chancellors in the best interest of our student athletes. Uh, and that will be appreciated because we will play again. 
uh, and to the extent that uh, others think there is a uh, an opportunity to uh, essentially uh, come uh, recruit our players then we would say hey uh, have at it uh, we're not going to uh, change what's uh, important to us which is protecting our student athletes worried about uh, uh, whether others want to come uh, and try to essentially entice our student athletes away we think our student athletes will appreciate that we have done what is in their best interest short and long-term dentists uh, and we're going to continue to do that great and i've got a follow-up for larry if i could uh, larry you included most everyone has said they're going to guarantee scholarships what about guaranteeing eligibility for these athletes is that a discussion that has to be had Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, we are strongly encouraging the NCA uh, to make decisions as quickly as possible to extend eligibility uh, for student athletes. Um, you know, we saw what happened in the spring, and we're going to you know, put our shoulder completely behind uh, supporting our student athletes um, if, if they don't get to play a season um, to you know, have another year back. Okay, our next question will come from Kyle Bonagura. Yeah, hi, Larry. Question about how much interaction you had with the commissioners at the other five or the other four power conferences and what role the direction um, the other conferences are headed, specifically today with the Big Ten. And, and I'm sure the Big Ten announcement was discussed during the CEO group meeting today. I was wondering if you could shed some insight into what that discussion uh, was like. Hello, Kyle. Yep. Um, as, as I think many of you know, you know, we've had daily phone calls pretty much every day since, uh, unfortunately, having to shut down basketball and spring sports. And there's been a high degree of collaboration and working through with the NCAA and otherwise. Our uh, return to voluntary workouts and this staged approach, as well as through, you know, groups like the Football Oversight Committee uh, and otherwise. Um, so we are sharing information, sharing best practices. But at the end of the day, these are independent uh, conferences with independent boards of presidents and chancellors. Um, and those decisions, you know, will get made independently. But there's been a very, very high degree of communication, collaboration, and I think mutual respect, which, by the way, has gone beyond the commissioners. We've had meetings with athletics directors amongst the five. I think is Dr. Ackerman. Uh, stated the medical advisors from each of the uh, A5 conferences have been meeting once a week uh, for quite some time. They came out with some joint uh, protocols, um, Olympic sports leads, football sports lead. We've had four or five work streams amongst the five conferences that have been working for the better part of the last couple of months. But that doesn't mean we're going to make the same decisions on the same timeframes, given that we are independent entities. Yeah, what about the when finding out about the Big Ten announcement today in the meeting? How was that received uh, while you guys were all together talking, or I guess virtually together? Yeah, well, President Schill may may want to speak to that. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that we have been discussing this for a while, and and you know we knew that there was a parallel track with the Big Ten also discussing this, and. Uh, we feel good about our decision. Uh, we would have made this decision independent of the Big Ten. We're very happy. We, we, we respect the institutions in the Big Ten. Many of them have the same values that we have and uh, we're pleased to, that they're joining us. Okay, our next question will come from Rachel Bachman. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay, thanks, appreciate it. 
Um, uh, Larry, this is for you. Does the January 1 date mean that uh, no sports start before then, including winter sports like basketball? Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Um, you know, to clarify, uh, competition uh, wouldn't be restarted before January 1. In terms of sports and continuing to support student athletes in terms of their, their, their training, their workouts, um, every school decide exactly what that means, but sports, you know, I expect is going to continue um, and support is going to continue and subject to medical guidance. And when we can, that may ratchet up even to, you know, training and contact at some stage, if the conditions uh, warrant it. Um, what, we, what we said today is that competition in all sports wouldn't start before January 1. And that's in any sports, including fall sports and winter sports that would have started earlier, like basketball. And, and if I could interject for a moment, we also have to understand we, we operate, the PAC-12 isn't the law in each of our jurisdictions. The county health authorities are the law in our jurisdictions and the governors. And so we operate under different uh, rules. And so what we'll do during that period will first and foremost be guided by what the underlying law is by the county health authority or the governor. Great, thank you. Okay, next question will come from uh, Josh Newman. Josh, your line's open. Hi, Larry. Um, before you guys opted to postpone to the spring, how much consideration was given, e even with all the medical information, how much consideration was given to uh, potentially delaying a couple more weeks, trying to get your ducks in a row further, and potentially starting in you know October with eight games or nine games potentially? Yeah, thanks, Josh. A lot. As Ray knows, because uh, he and his fellow ADs sit on these working groups and uh, discuss a lot of different scenarios. And we have uh, eight game scenarios starting mid-October and, and, and late October. Um, and so th those were available uh, to us. Uh, but, you know, as we uh, looked at uh, where our, our counties are, where the permissions are, and projections and trends, frankly, from a medical advisory committee that Doug may want to speak to, um, there we, we came to the conclusion reluctantly that uh, there's no indication that things are likely to change in terms of the criteria that influenced this in the next few weeks. And we had to balance that out uh, with the kind of clarity and certainty that our coaches and student athletes uh, want. So that was a reluctant decision because as President Schill said before, for months and months, we've been taking a very measured step-by-step -step approach looking in, letting science and data and uh, government public health authority guidelines guide us. And so that would have been the logical next step. But we realized the trade-off there is this uncertainty student athletes, coaches, and others have about are we on or are we off? And that, that weighed heavily too. So Doug, you may want to point to some of the data uh, that you, you shared with us on, on some of the issues related to uh, that's community spread in our markets, testing capability, and some other things, um, you know, just at a high level, but th those weighed heavily into this assessment. Yeah, certainly, as we, um, as we review the infection rates and the kinetics of this virus in each of our communities, we are monitoring several different modelings that are out there um, through, uh, through government and other university resources. And, and if you put them all together, the prevailing expectation is that we will, um, you know, be dealing with coronavirus for some time. And this is not going to, uh, you know, 
rapidly fall off the curve um, without some extreme changes in our in our society and our social behavior. So, uh, you know, looking at those, we we do think that there is going to be improvement, and certainly, hopefully, it will continue to improve. And um, but it's not going to disappear. Larry, if I could just follow that up real quick. Um, from the basketball side of things, you guys were scheduled to play a 20-game season with everyone playing twice in December. Um, no competition now until January 1st. Do you envision an avenue where you could still get a 20-game basketball season in if you don't start until January 1st or thereabouts? We've got to go back and work with our uh, working group. We've got a basketball planning working group that's been working on different scenarios. And some of it, Josh, will also depend on what the NCAA decides in terms of March Madness and, and the envelope for the season. So we'll obviously stay in close contact with the, with the NCAA in terms of their plans for um, postseason. Um, and, you know, our working group is just one of the many things we now have to get to work on. Okay, our next question will come from Joe Reedy. Joe, your line's open. Larry, as far as the uh, as far as your TV contracts with the uh, different networks, how does that this affect them, especially with possible games in the spring? And also, what is the health of the Pac-12 network right now? Since conceivably, you're not going to have any any live events for nine months. So thanks, Joe. I mean, there's no doubt that when we made the decision to go from our normal schedule to compressed, reduced conference-only schedules, and now this decision, um, there, there are impacts. Uh, there are impacts for all 12 schools at the conference level in terms of uh, revenue potentially. Um, and uh, that's both you know, with our ESPN and Fox agreements as well as Pac-12 networks. And importantly, at the campus level in terms of uh, attendance, and revenue there. So these have been obviously areas of concern and focus, but candidly, that did not even come up in the conversation today with our presidents and chancellors. Obviously very significant impacts, but it's really about the health and safety is I think the first obligation and duty and the primary primary focus. So there's a lot we'll have to sort out. We stayed in close touch with our partners along the way. We've got great partnerships and we'll sort it out, but, um, you know, these other factors were the key factors in getting to this, these conclusions reluctantly. And then just a follow-up for uh, Larry and, and Ray. Have you had any, any conversations with the, with the conference and maybe national players groups since the, obviously the past couple of days there's been that we want to play and we want to coach hashtags that have been out? Ray, maybe you can, uh, you know, handle that. Uh, someone who's on the call and having a student athlete involved in the group? Sure. Uh, we, we had a conversation with them last Monday uh, with the, the group. I think every Pac-12 team was represented. Uh, we thought it was productive. We were uh, listening to their concerns. Uh, uh, and so uh, we will have uh, follow-up conversations with them as appropriate as this whole situation evolves. Uh, but there's been a ton of things that we've been uh, dealing with and talking about, and we'll circle back to that for sure, Jill. Okay, next question will come from Ron Krojcik. 
Jason. Hi, this is, uh, I guess, for Larry or Ray. Um, I realize, as you said, this was driven by science, this decision, but as the previous question referenced, there's obviously a big financial impact. What do you see as the impact on, on each of your 12 schools? I mean, Stanford has already cut back quite a few sports. Do you envision other schools having to follow suit um, uh, given what's, what's been decided? Well, from my perspective, you know, every uh, institution is going to have to determine for uh, itself uh, what the way forward is. Uh, we're certainly uh, intending and, uh, and adamant about uh, continuing the experiences for all of our student athletes. And so uh, finances, no question, uh, will have an impact, uh, but it's a matter of how you make the appropriate adjustments uh, on both the expense side and the revenue creation side. And we're going to be working hard toward trying to figure that out. But uh, our view is that this, uh, uh, we're going to get better. The pandemic is a temporary thing. Uh, quality athletics in the Pac-12 is a forever thing as far as we're concerned. So uh, we'll deal like any business has to, like any organization, like any family has to. When you have short-term uh, challenges, you figure a way to deal with them. And some of them are financial. You figure it out and then you move forward. That's what we intend to do. And I, I think all of my athletic director colleagues uh, are, are, are having uh, similar thoughts that we are going to figure it out and make our way forward. But will we have some short-term pain? Yes, absolutely. But we'll figure it out. And if I could ask one quick follow-up question, um, obviously it's too early to know what the virus is going to look like in, in December or January, but if it's possible health-wise to play football on these other fall sports early in 2021, what are the challenges involved in that? I mean, logistically, I would imagine with the winter and spring sports and everything else going on, that's going to be uh, difficult. Um, can you sort of address uh, how that how that might be possible uh, if, if it's a lot if it's if it's feasible health wise. Uh, there's there's a lot more work that needs to be done by our football working group. I, I'd acknowledge that, Ron, um, but um, we're going to exhaust every possibility to leave open that opportunity uh, for student athletes and, and our and our programs. We know how important it is. Uh, for student athletes to be able to be able to play, to do so you know, safely as possible, if if it's possible. Um, but we've got to not just uh, for the Pac-12 examine it. Part of it's going to have something to do with peer leagues, um, and uh, when you know when the dust settles and we see who else is looking at the possibility of a spring, uh, we'll we'll look at that as well in terms of what others do. So there's a collaborative aspect of this. Uh, as well as what the Pac-12 wants to do. And yes, I mean, it's uncharted territory. Uh, there's no question. And it's going to result in a significant strain in resources on our campuses if, if we wind up taking winter and spring sports and then are looking at fall sports on top. So there are a lot of concerns, but we've got uh, a lot of, you know, really expert leaders on our campuses that have already spent a significant amount of time on it. We will, we will work through uh, all the details to preserve that possibility. All right, our next question will come from Dan Raley. Dan, your line's open. Hi, uh, this is for Larry. Um, with some of the other leagues um, mentioning that they might seek, seek games elsewhere, did that ever come up in your discussions that a Pac-12 team might go play with the, the surviving teams out there for football? 
Yeah, I think, you know, uh, President Schill and Ray commented on this, but I, you know, it's actually, you know, as difficult as the situation is, I think we all are really proud of the cohesiveness, the collaboration, um, uh, the togetherness and, and the spirit. Everyone is in this together. And, uh, you know, thanks to the great leadership on our campuses, we got a very strong culture and there was really never any serious discussion about not working together in lockstep. So you see that there's, there's an agreement that no one's going to uh, split from this, this agreement as far as conference games go. Yeah. President Schill can uh, maybe add another voice to this. Uh, uh, critically important. No, not even close. Everybody, everybody was very enthusiastic about agreeing with each other and, and very committed to agreeing with each other about this. We, we're proud to be in the Pac-12. Right? We think this is the greatest conference, and uh, we're, we're going to stick together uh, in this decision. And, and the decision was unanimous, and, and that's not unanimous, meaning that people were against it and then just joined in because they wanted to be good soldiers. It was unanimous because we all recognized this was the morally correct thing to do, and we did it. Certainly from the athletics perspective, there was never... Uh, any talk of anybody peeling off and doing their own thing, uh, collaborative together in it from day one. So, uh, and we remain that way. All right, next question will come from Brady McCullough. Uh, hey, this is, uh, this is for uh, Dr. Ackerman. Um, you know, obviously the, as we're all knowing, the the virus is, is kind of the, the thing that calls the shots here. And, um, as you look at the spring, what could actually change, particularly with something like myocarditis um, and the data that's coming out about that? How could that change over the course of three to four months? Um, you know, what would you be looking at there that could in any way assuage those concerns and say, you know, it's, it's safe to play football? Well, certainly we'll have more time to, to follow people who are in this age population who get this illness and determine who has, has short-term complications from it and, and get a better sense of what the prevalence of that is. Is it 1%? Is it 5%? Is it 20%? Um, the, the other things that, you know, the, this virus is not going to change how it attacks the, the receptors in the lung tissue or in the myocardium. Um, what hopefully will change is the prevalence and how much the virus is out there. And also, you know, how easy are we able to test for it? How new, new testing technologies hopefully will become available to where we can do even more testing and more rapid testing um, to, and not create a burden on, on our health resources. But, uh, but clearly a decrease in the prevalence of COVID in our environments can definitely happen between now and then as long as everybody um, in our communities work on it. Okay, we've got time for one more question. Next question will come from Kirk Bowles. Kirk, your line is open. Kirk, you need to unmute your line. Hey, Larry. Um, you talk about the health, safety, and well-being of the football players, and I'm sure you guys definitely mean it, but, you know, how could you play two grueling football seasons in the span of the same cal calendar year and still honor that commitment? Great question. Nice to, to 
can't say see you, but nice to hear you again, Kirk. Um, that is one of you know the top questions and considerations. Uh, you know, how many football games could be played in one calendar year? We obviously have a spring portion of the of the football season, but nothing like you know playing a full season. So whether it's a full season, compressed season, uh, there's a lot of different scenarios uh, that that folks are looking at. So, but you you've identified one of the reasons why you know considering the spring was not at the top of the list of things you wanted to default to right, right away. Uh, you know, there are gonna be some health and safety uh, considerations vis-a-vis uh, -vis the fact that we've got a fall uh, football season and the number of games we play. So, you know, we are reluctantly coming to, the, to this decision that uh, the earliest that we could start uh, would be in January uh, with a lot of details to figure out, including the point you made, which is a, a very good one and, and weighs heavily on our coaches, our athletics directors, our medical personnel as they think about spring, or, or I won't even call it spring, post-January. And, and lastly, Larry, can you even imagine half the country maybe playing college football and the other half not? Can you even picture that scenario? Um, yeah, everyone's going to make their independent decisions and certainly respect our colleagues. Um, you know, we have been trying to be very collaborative, communicative with our peers across the country. But at the end of the day, our presidents and chancellors, you know, looked at what was the, in the best interests of Pac-12 student athletes based on the advice and frankly, what's going on in our, our communities. Um, so, um, yeah, this is, let me just say, that, I mean, this is uncharted territory. This is a very unique uh, year. Uh, it will get better. We'll get back to some semblance of normalcy, uh, but people are just trying to figure it out the best they can. I think with student-athlete welfare in mind, and that may lead to differences, and we, we accept that. All right, that'll conclude today's webinar. Gentlemen, Ray, Larry, Doug, Michael, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Again, thank you. <laughs>